Welcome in Vegas, Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports, Las Vegas. Ryan Wallace, Darren Millard, Jared Justice, hanging out inside the Finley Chevrolet, Fox Sports, Las Vegas Studios. Finley Chevrolet on the 215. Home up the... Long time no talk, you guys. How's everybody doing? Fantastic. Yeah? I'm yeah. alive. He, he's alive. Jared's alive. Mm-hmm. Chapman's in New York. Yep. Wallace is getting through these afternoon games. Everybody, I, I enjoy the 4 o'clock starts. Yeah, me too. Some people are annoyed by them because like, you, you don't have time to really get settled in before the game because you got running around to do and all that kind of uh, life activities. But... I do appreciate the 4 o'clock starts and being able to get home. It takes me back to my Eastern time zone days where you do a game and then you go home and you'd be able to watch a couple of games after. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I love getting back to my roots on that. Uh, now, it, it does jam up your day a little bit, but uh, it's been fun to watch the Golden Knights start this four-game road trip going into the All-Star break. And when you get into it and evaluate what's happened, and it's been an eventful couple of games between New Jersey and the New York Islanders, mm-hmm. three out of four points. Like, that's pretty incredible points in the bank. Well, it's a great start to the road trip, right? I think for the Golden Knights, what you were hoping for is that what they did well at home on that five-game homestand would kind of transfer over to this road trip into the bye week and the All-Star break. And, you know, certainly certainly there were, you know, good moments in that first game against New Jersey offensively. And last night was certainly a fantastic game all the way around from the Golden Knights. But taking three out of a possible four through the first two games sets you up to have a really great road trip if you take care of the back end. Are they overachieving right now, given the roster? Is that what we're looking at? At this point, they've won four of the last five, and they have nine of a possible ten points mm-hmm. in that stretch. And that's after going four and one on the homestand. Look at everybody that's out. Look at the players that they have been able to come in and and backfill. Uh, they've they had to lean on Logan Thompson heavily as mm-hmm. much as he's been leaned on in his entire career. The, it it. It's tough to say that, given that they've gone through this muddy period. But coming out in the back end, it's I'm really impressed. As impressed as uh, as I was at the start of the season, winning the first eleven, mm-hmm. and that sort of came out of nowhere because of the off season and everything they had. What they've been able to do recently has been right up there with uh, gaining my attention and my appreciation. Yeah, I I would maybe make the argument it's more impressive what they're doing right now, just given the context of all the injuries, right? Like, we know the start of the season, there were a lot of distractions swirling around, but by and large, you had the majority of your team, or at least you had most of your really high-end drivers. Right now, the Golden Knights are missing key players almost every single position outside of now goaltending because Aiden Hill came back last night and was phenomenal. Uh, But I I don't know if overachieve is necessarily where I'd go. I think that they have found a recipe that works. Bruce Cassidy has gotten performances out of the players that he needs to get performances out of. And, you know, it took a little bit of time, I think, for everybody to, to figure out what their role needs to be and how they need to play. But right now, they're kind of playing to that role and identity, and they're picking up points. I wouldn't want to go through much more of the schedule with what they're 
dealing with right now, mm-hmm. that's that's a hard ask. And uh, now that it's spread to up front and you're down to your four centers and you've also uh, dealing with a couple of absences uh, on the wall, uh, that uh, you're getting to the point where it's like how much more can you take? And I, I won't call it survival because this organization has really done a good job of drafting and developing, and you're starting to see those players step into the lineup mm-hmm. uh, in in the, this year in particular, or they've already set a record for most points uh, by rookies uh, in a, in a single season, uh, as opposed to the first uh, uh, six campaigns that they've served up. So uh, survival is a little hyperbole, but it's it's really uh, been impressive to see other players step up and then record victories uh, and put points in the bank in different ways. Last night was awesome is you get uh, the the big line, if you want to call it that, in what Nick Waugh's been able to do. Uh, and they've sort of hand-and-egged it with the Chandler Stevenson unit. But Byron Fraze uh, puts on the power play. He goes from, uh, not Byron Fraze, uh, Sheldon Rempel gets uh, put on the power play, uh, just called up playing a second game, and he's on the power play. Mm-hmm. And, and he takes the initiative and scores. Aiden Hill uh, hasn't played for uh, played a full game for two months. Uh, he goes in, and he is uh, just absolutely locked down solid mm-hmm. uh, in his play. He had a rebound game uh, from from the blue line. Uh, that uh, that 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 was well done. Uh, I I was intrigued to see what we were going to see coming off the comments from Bruce uh, the opening night of the road trip against New Jersey. And uh, while it wasn't uh, absolutely. Uh, stifling uh, on the defensive side, uh, they were able to take advantage of opportunities. Uh, they they were able to generate offense in a way that uh, Bruce Cassidy has urged this team to to go for, and they then they were able to withstand some adversity. Which uh, adversity? Uh, think back to the last road trip uh, through uh, the uh, Florida stretch and and Carolina, like that adversity. Uh, would buckle them, mm-hmm. and they've been able to steady themselves since then, and respond and be able to have some of that little bit of swagger back into their game. And it's it's not like hey, oh, we are the Stanley Cup champion swagger. They're not close to that with their lineup uh, because of who's out of the lineup. But there's a uh, a little bit of swagger in the sense of we can handle what's thrown at us right now. A, a lot more capably. Yeah, I, I think it's more than anything. It's it's belief, right? In in what you what you can do in spite of who is or isn't in the lineup. And, and again, it's not to say that the Golden Knights aren't going to welcome back William Carlson and William Carrier and Jack Eichel and Shea Theodore when those players are available and healthy and ready to go. You are looking forward to that. You want that as quickly as possible. But right now, it, it looks like the Golden Knights have the belief in in the room among the players from the coaching staff that they can get the job done defensively and there's enough scoring that they can find inside of a game to reliably pick up points. And, you know, again, you look at what they've been able to do really in their their last nine games. They've got points in seven of the nine, right? Six, two, and one. And that's for a team that has lost players in that stretch and found ways to win. Uh, Very reminiscent of what we saw in the early going, but with a very different roster these days. And it's been vital in in the playoff race and where they are in the Pacific Division standings and the Western Conference. If they don't find their game on that homestand, 
if they don't find ways to get points in the first two games of this road trip, Edmonton may be past them mm-hmm. or right with them in, in having won 14 games in a row. Yeah. And that's a, that, that's a commentary on what the Oilers are doing, an absolute wagon right now. But it's also a, a, a real uh, credit to Vegas to be able to hold on to that gap and, mm-hmm. and not have it shrink down to where objects in the rearview mirror are much closer than they appear. Uh, they've been able to, to hold on to that gap, and that's something that the Los Angeles Kings haven't been able to do, and it's reflected by the Kings falling into a wild-card spot instead of a, a top-three position, and Vegas still thinking about taking a run at the Vancouver Canucks. Yeah, I mean, you know, for the Golden Knights, they've kind of kept Vancouver in their sights, and and that's huge. But I think the more important aspect of, you know, their recent run of play is that they're picking up points and keeping some distance between them and the Edmonton Oilers. And frankly, I don't know that the Oilers are ever going to lose again, like hyperbole for sure. But the way that they're playing right now, you have to just assume that the Oilers are going to pick up points every single time they go out there, every single time they play a game. So in order for the Golden Knights to kind of keep themselves in a good spot for when players get healthy down the stretch to, to be in a, in a position to have home ice advantage in the playoffs, you have to pull points out of these games. And, you know, the Golden Knights have done that of late, and it's it's allowed them to stay afloat over the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, on the subject of the Oilers never, ever losing again, uh, I'll tell you a little bit of a story on that and what's to expect, uh, what to expect from them uh, in uh, later um moments on the VGK Insider Show. Let's open up the phone lines like we do uh, every first show of the week. Usually it's on Monday, but uh, we are preempted the first uh, two days. 702-876-1340. Give us a shout right now. Apologize if you were calling earlier, but we had to get uh, some stuff uh, out of the way, uh, not being able to be with you for the first couple of days and just offer our uh, thoughts. But 702-876-1340. We uh, encourage your interaction and, uh, and commentary on what you've seen is it uh are you judging this team the same way that you would if the other guys are in the lineup are our expectations of the Vegas Golden Knights just to win every night or is there a bigger appreciation of uh, what the team has been able to do to turn things around and go back in the right direction with a spectacular homestand uh with the uh, four wins and then being able to uh, pick up three points out of the first four. Let's go to uh, line number two. Right out of the gate, it's uh, Mike on the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Sorry to keep you waiting, my friend. Well, that's okay. You guys were in, in, in certainly the, what you said, Darren, was an eye-opener for me. We have more points from rookies already this year yeah. than, we, than we've ever had. Yeah, look, look at the, the numbers. It's, it's been really, really impressive. Wow. That that's that's really something, and and things are going too well considering how badly beaten up we are. When you get a chance to co- talk to Coach Cassidy again, you've been around this league a lot, and you've talked to a lot of luminaries in this century. And uh, Ryan, this is not to leave you out at all, but I enjoyed a conversation with Darren because he has that knowledge of the league over the years. Have you ever heard a coach? get that angry and call out people like he did? I mean, Tortorella does it, I guess, routinely, right? Have I ever heard a coach be that angry? Yes. I've heard uh, <laughs> I have too, a, by the a way. lot, a lot yeah. worse than, uh, than what we heard from, uh, from Bruce Cassidy. Uh, that's as, that's as 
fiery and spicy as I've heard Bruce in his year and a half in Vegas. That is definitely uh, the case. But uh, but I've heard I've heard coaches be a lot more biting, a lot more personal, uh, a lot more specific with players. Uh, he he didn't get there uh, certainly. Uh, I don't think Bruce crossed the line uh, in in any fashion in, in what he had the other night. But that that was noticeable from the media. It caught us uh, by surprise because we haven't heard uh, that sort of angle from Bruce. Uh, it was a big part of our pregame show yesterday going into the New York Islanders game. But uh, I also uh, want to note that while it was to the media, I'm sure those same points were made to the players. And when you players are aware of, of what the coach says publicly, uh, it, it, it looked like what we saw yesterday was uh, a bit of piggybacking the coach's motivational comments, if you want to take them as motivation. Okay. Well, I knew you had both heard coaches go off on their players a little bit. I just didn't, I knew that that was an uncassidy like experience and, and it was kind of refreshing as it turned out because it turned out very well. Here's a question for both of you and I'll let you go. Uh, this is uh, regarding the next month. We're going to embark on a month of February where there are only 10 games in 29 days. And I, I heard this mentioned earlier today. Uh, Ten games in 29 days is a very light schedule, comparatively speaking. And then I did a little research and found out that five of those ten games are against non-playoff teams. Is there any scenario, and I'm not advocating it at all, under which Logan Thompson would be dangled in a trade and let, let Aiden Hill play all of those games? I'll let you comment on that, Okay. Well, then look at the March schedule, Mike. And yeah, it's, there's four, there are 14 games in March. I did that. I went and talked ahead, too. Yeah, looked so, ahead, too. So you had an easy schedule in, in February, but if you if you trade somebody, you're going to need them in March. You, you, so you need two that, goalies. That's, uh, that's the, the uh, drawback to that type of uh, approach or that, uh, that thinking. Uh, yeah, you, you, could, you could have one guy play all the games in February, uh, with that type of workload, but you'd also be taxing them un- unnecessarily, and then you're going to need two people to uh, to balance off the load in in March. So uh, that's where I'll go with that. What it provides in terms of February is you just get Aiden Hill back into the fold. It allows you time to continue to work on individual games, team game practice all of that and it gets you into a spot where you can figure out what your rotation is going to be for both of your goaltenders going into a really heavy schedule in March and April like the Golden Knights have gotten through to this point with Aiden Hill unavailable to for about half of their games I think what you want now is stability in terms of of what you have in net and the best way to get that stability is to have your NHL rotation in the fold and ready to go down the stretch one more thought. Looking ahead to February, even though we're knocking on the door of the second month of the year, is still thinking ahead too far yeah. as to what you're going to do with your goaltending. I'm, I'm sure that there's look-ins on Aiden. The team went up to West Point today. Uh, conversation about how you feeling. How did mm-hmm. your body come through yesterday? Like there's, You have to get more into a rhythm in February before you ever think about uh, uh, any type of uh, moves uh, with, the, with your roster because uh, 
Aiden has to prove to himself and to the uh, to the team that uh, that his body is going to stand up uh, to to the pressures and the increased schedule. Uh, not only just in because as late as February is, it's still going to be much busier for Aiden Hill mm-hmm. than he has been for the last two months. And then you you ramp it up uh, even more. So uh, looking ahead, uh, that that luxury is not something that uh, that the Vegas Golden Knights right now are able to enjoy uh, due to uh, what he's been through uh, recently. Back to the phone lines. Uh, line number three, this is Stephanie on the VGK Insider Show. Hello. Hi, guys. How are you doing? Great. So um, I said it last night on the post-team show. I was overjoyed to see Aiden Hill go through a full 60 minutes. I think that's one of the best things that we could have happen right now. Um, There's also, I mean, it's... The New Jersey game was really hard because it was like we finally were scoring goals and it was Logan Thompson didn't have the best night, right? But you're not going to have everything every night. Um, They didn't lose that scoring touch immediately after uh, the New Jersey game going into the Islanders game, right? um, They still scored three goals, which was great. Um, Awesome for Sheldon Rumpel to get his first goal. Absolutely love seeing players get their first NHL goal. It's amazing. Um, I kind of take a little bit of issue, right, with saying are we overachieving or overperforming um, because every player on that roster is capable of being an NHL player, and clearly they are, right? We are putting forward the, the best we've got available right now. We don't have some of our quote-unquote all-stars, right? We don't have Eichel. We don't have... Um, uh, William Carlson, we're, we're missing a lot of people. But, like, remember, we, we did well last year without Mark Stone, right? We were able to do this. We were able to work through it. So it's not even that surprising to see the team doing well without the very best possible lineup we have of it, uh, we could have available. High standards from Stephanie. I like it. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm there, too. I, listen, I, I think that when you look at where the Golden Knights are at right now, they have gotten to a point where, again, if everyone is, is doing their job, if they're the best versions of themselves, they can win hockey games and they can pull points in the standings. Now, it takes effort every single night and consistency every single night. And, you know, on the homestand, we saw that reliably. We saw it pretty consistently. And then you look at the first game of the road trip, and and that was a looser game, certainly by the Golden Knights standards. And then they course corrected last night on Long Island against the Islanders. So uh, you believe in the coaching staff to get the most out of their players. You believe in the players to understand the task at hand and find that on a night-to-night basis. But the ultimate the ultimate uh, way to judge this is how they do consistently until some of these players get back in the lineup. Yeah, I'm just looking at it. Uh, I don't think this should be viewed in the same area as the the start of the season or uh, uh, went uh, what we witnessed in in November uh, with that group uh, because this this is a very different uh, from an experience standpoint. Uh, from goaltending, defense uh, has been more stable, but Korzak's been in there because you're down a couple of guys, including your most dynamic guy, and then up front you're missing your best uh, uh, centerman and uh, and one of your uh, top penalty killers in in. William Carlson as well. So with Jack Eichel and uh, and William Carlson, let's go back to the phone lines and uh, bring in Rob on line one. Welcome to the VGK Insider Show. Hey guys. Hey buddy. 
my expectations haven't changed. I, I think this team, obviously, if they get healthy, will be there in the end. I, I think, honestly, I, didn't, I don't think they played great hockey, even when they were healthy. I, I think the first bunch of games, you know, even I think Bruce said it, you know, they were, they were winning, but they weren't playing good. And then the injuries caught up to them. I think the lack of enthusiasm uh, was showing. And I, I'm glad to see that Bruce got on the team the other day and really kind of said, you know, what we saw. But I think he waited a little too long. I think Bruce cut this team a little too much slack. He kind of said it in the, in the offseason. He says, listen, I'm going to have to handle this team a little differently yeah. because of they don't have as much downtime. And I think, I think if, you know, if Bruce could do it again, I think he would have jumped on him a little earlier because he saw they were, play, they were losing games they had no business losing. They weren't playing with any energy. And that's the one thing that the young guys have done. The young guys have now pulled the older guys into the fight. You, they, they're bringing the energy, and um, it's from all different guys, Kozak, Rempel. I mean, it's coming all over, and you could see, you know, the Marshalls, the Stones, of picking up their game, which matters because when your best players play play good, it, it's different. When when you see Stone, you know, carrying the team, it has more weight because he's the captain, and it pulls more guys along. And I just think, I, just, I think Bruce now understands. Okay, the gloves are off. We're halfway through the season, and now it's time, you know, to put the the pedal to the metal. Um, and I think that. Listen, they're weathering the storm really good, considering who is out. I mean, their best players are out. It's not like one or two. It's their best players. Carlson and Eichel and Theodore are their three best players, pretty much. And it was great to see Aiden Hill come back yesterday. And it was great to see him have to play. It wasn't like he was going to go and get 20 shots on goal. He was playing his butt off, and he looked like he didn't miss a beat. So it was it was a great game. Uh, I don't think you could have scripted it any better to get him all the work and the win. And I just think uh, now that we see, you know, there's only, what, 40 games left, give or take. Now I think you'll see this team play different. I think they know, and they'll be into it now. I think the first half of the season was more going through emotions. Rob, thanks for the call. You checked a lot of boxes there. Awesome stuff. Uh, touching on the Vegas Golden Knights, the injuries, uh, the leadership, uh, the coach. And uh, I will just take uh, a little bit of a different tact with uh, Bruce Cassidy. Yeah, he did say he was going to have to handle this team differently. It's a veteran group, and they're coming off a championship. And you you got to uh, give them a, a little more slack, uh, a little more line, uh, to to borrow that phrase. But uh, I, I would uh, – I, I, I like the way he handled it and letting it go maybe if you want to call it a bit too far mm-hmm. uh, than being on them because if you're on them, you lose them. Uh, yep. if, if you're riding them, you're losing them. And uh, you, you let them work their way into some uh, tougher spots. And then you've got coaching currency, which is a lot more than – just riding them nonstop. Uh, we we have uh, children. Uh, people have kids. Uh, they'll tune you out, and players are no different. So that that's I'm sure the tact that uh, that Bruce was was talking about, and and maybe he did let them go a little bit beyond, uh, and he had to bite his tongue uh, a touch. But uh, but he's got their attention now because of the way they ended up playing in that first game against New Jersey, which uh, came off a really good stretch. Yeah, I mean, it, you pick your battles, right? And you you have to make 
the right read and you have to read the room as to when you jump in to try to get somebody's attention and change the trajectory or the course uh, of how you're playing. And I think for, for Bruce, you know, letting it marinate a little bit longer, I, I think you're, you're looking for two things, right? You're looking for the players collectively to come together and kind of pull themselves out of it. And if that doesn't happen or it doesn't start to work in the right direction, then giving them a little bit more rope in this spot just allows them to know that it's not going to be uh, a situation where you're nitpicking here and there or, as you mentioned, getting on them too early. You've, you've got a long way to go still even in this season. Ultimately, you know where you want to end up. You, you trust that your team can get back to that level of execution, but you got to give them a little bit more leeway um, in terms of the season. And I think where, where Bruce jumped in here, it was a perfect spot to kind of get their attention, refocus, and, and reassess. And you know, obviously they responded last night against the Islanders. Take a look at at what Vegas did recently, mm-hmm. and you examine uh, the stretch that happened right before Christmas, and there was no strong comments from Bruce. Mm-hmm. There was evaluation uh, in that that stretch between uh, Carolina and Tampa and Florida. He wasn't happy with the game coming out of the break, but he also understood that there was major fatigue happening mm-hmm. with his group. Yeah. Then they kind of they put some good games together and some games that uh, that they that they needed to be better, and they were putting. He saw some progress there, and there was no calling out his team through that. Uh, he was aware that they were they were finding their game and they were dealing with some injuries. Then they go on a really good stretch. They beat Boston. They beat the New York uh, Islanders, sandwiched around that uh, loss against Colorado. Uh, they they rip off three wins in a row to finish the homestand, and they're starting to look energized. Mm-hmm. They're starting to look like they have the, the structure with their team. They're connected uh, on the ice. They give something back, not as much in the point that they lost in New Jersey, but structure and performance against New Jersey. They, they've really rounded in form. That's when he went, went at them. Mm-hmm. And because, one, they've got energy back, they've, they've, they've battled through some injuries, they've got some, some guys up that, uh, that are playing well, don't give back what you just made up in, in that three-game run and the four in five. And I like his timing there. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he didn't go at them when they were fatigued. He didn't go at them when they were really battling through uh, the, the, the stars being lost on and, and losing um, a Jack Eichel, uh, William Carrier, uh, out of the Winter Classic. He didn't go at them then. Uh, there's some stability now. And that's when he put his foot down. And uh, I, I, I recognize that timing. Like, it's not a fluke that he did it then, uh, as opposed to when they were in much more dire straits. Uh, it, it's, it's tactical, in, and it's uh, uh, certainly uh, uh, planned in that regard. And I, I appreciate that mindset of a head coach. I do, too. It's almost like Bruce really does know what he's doing. Absolutely, but it's it's you got to read your room, right? Yeah, absolutely. If, and if you go at them at Christmas and bury them, they're going to go like we're empty, yeah. And you're still on us. It's like, and it creates an ad. Now, some coaches have done that. 
I, I, I've been around coaches that, that would not let up on a team. Mike mm-hmm. Keenan was famous for that. Uh, they, he would not give an inch uh, no matter what was happening. But there's, there's Bruce Cassidy, what we've witnessed in the last month with the highs and the lows uh, of his team's performance and when to, to, to really get after them, it's uh, it, it it has been a a very strong, impressive performance of managing and working your own room. It's about timing, and it's about recognizing what your players are going through, and finding the right moment to to push them in the right direction. And I think you know your your point about. They had been playing better. They had been kind of rounding into form, pushing in the right direction, finding a blueprint that could work for them that could be repeatable so long as they play to it. And then if you feel like in that moment you're losing ground and there's no reason to lose ground, that's when you strike. And, and for Bruce, again, it's he's learned these players over the course of last season, the first half of this season. He, he kind of understood, I think, to a degree what, that first half to quarter of the season was going to look like for the Golden Knights in defending a championship. And you've got to trust your players and you've got to find and pick your right spots because you don't want the message to grow stale. You don't want to be on them too early because again, there's a lot of, a lot of hockey left to be played, but don't for a second believe that it was all cuddles behind the scenes. Even, even earlier when they were going through the fatigue stage, he was still pushing guys. What we see publicly is not always the same case behind the scenes. Uh, I'm not saying that he was driving guys into into the the dirt by any means because he wasn't, but he was still coaching this team and uh, and making people accountable. Accountability is different than uh, effort and fatigue and and performance. And uh, mm. you you can sometimes um, you you will get a little more uh, uh, of a pass because you're just worn out. But if your structure isn't right, even though you're worn out, you'll still be held accountable. And uh, I think that, uh, that's that been recognized now with uh, with Bruce as well. We've got to take a break. Uh, when we come back, a little more on this uh, VGK road trip, uh, which we'll uh, get back at it on Friday, what the Golden Knights were up to today, and some news and notes from around the National Hockey League in one-timers on Fox Sports Las Vegas. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Derek Justice working the board today. Ryan Wallace, Darren Millard, talking hockey with you. Uh, the Pacific Division, updated standings. Vancouver leads the way. They are six points ahead of the Vegas School of the Knights. Uh, Vegas in that second spot, uh, sandwiched between two of the hottest teams in the National Hockey League as Edmonton has taken over third place in the Pacific. Uh, six points back of first, seven points ahead of third. Should Vegas be looking ahead or over their shoulders? Where are you on that, Ryan? Both. I mean, obviously they should be looking at the Edmonton Oilers and and when you've won 14 games in a row like you're going to get everybody's attention so I don't think the Golden Knights can can you know afford not to look back and not to uh, find their game and continue to put points in the bank because of what the Oilers have been able to accomplish of late Uh, but at the same time I don't think that you should you know settle for second place in the division I know the Vancouver Canucks have been phenomenal to this point of the year but they really haven't had a flat spot or a skid that's extended beyond maybe a 
a week or a couple of games. So if it stands to reason that maybe there's a moment where Vancouver stumbles or speed wobbles or falls, and if the Golden Knights can kind of continue to push in that direction, maybe they can catch Vancouver. So I think you have to be preoccupied with both. You're probably a little bit more worried about the Edmonton Oilers, uh, but you should have the Vancouver Canucks still in your sights. Just an example of how good the Pacific Division is right now and those top three teams. Combined, Vancouver, Vegas, and Edmonton have won 18 games in a row. Mm-hmm. That's where they are right now. And uh, it stayed static, actually, with that. Uh, going into the New Jersey game, it was 18 games in a row. Vegas lost that one, but uh, came back with a win, and uh, Vancouver's won a couple in a row since. So 18 games in a row when you put those three together. In their last 10 combined, so 30 total games uh, available, in the last 10 for Vancouver, Vegas, and Edmonton, mm-hmm. those three teams have combined to go 24-4-2. and two. That's how good it is. So it's not just the overall streaks, but it's the uh, last 10 uh, as you dial it back a little bit. And Vegas is 6-3-1 and one, is on the lower end of that. But they're not losing ground uh, the way it was in the middle of December, and they were battling through uh, leading up to Christmas and, and through New Year's. That stretch of the, the, the fatigue uh, stretch uh, where they were, they were tired and, and they were watching teams pile up some points. They've leveled that out a little bit. So maybe you, you're not chasing down or Vancouver. You're not separating yourself from Edmonton, but uh, you're, you're maintaining uh, your cushion over uh, the Oilers, and you're not losing ground uh, to to the Vancouver Canucks, uh, which in this case is is a real compliment to Vegas, knowing how good the Vancouver Canucks have been, uh, winning their last three and uh, points in nine of the last ten, and Edmonton with a 14 game winning streak uh, going right now. Yeah, I mean you you gotta you gotta take care of your own business, and I think the Golden Knights have have found you know, their game of late and it's come at the right time because as you mentioned, you're you're still in a spot where you can reasonably feel like if you if you continue to go in this trajectory, you can do some damage and you can maybe catch the Vancouver Canucks and you can fend off the Edmonton Oilers. We know the Golden Knights and their history, their ability in the back half of a season to fend off the Oilers. And again, what Edmonton's doing right now is is ridiculous. 14 in a row, it doesn't really seem like it's going to stop anytime soon. So you have to continue to put points in the bank if you're the Vegas Golden Knights because you do not want to lose home ice advantage to the Edmonton Oilers. Golden Knights have been really effective without Jack Eichel, and uh, that has been a challenge as they redid the lines when the pivot went out uh, after the Boston game. Uh, Vegas, in the when you take the homestand and the first two games of this road trip into account, 5-1-1. One, one. Who's been the most impressive as Vegas has surged back? Oh, man, that's a really tough question. I, Nick Waugh, for me, has, has really uh, shown us something that you hoped was there, you wanted to see there, but until he actually does it and produces as a, a top six center iceman, uh, you, you don't know. And he's been able to capitalize on an opportunity to play up in your lineup. 
Yeah, I, I think I'm going to go Ivan Barbashev. Now, that's not to take anything away from Nick Waugh, who I think has elevated his game and you know has really found a home between Barbashev and and uh, and Marcheseau right now. Uh, that line's been phenomenal for the Golden Knights, but there has been an elevation to the game of Ivan Barbashev. Offensively, he's been phenomenal. He has made some really, really ridiculous plays in the offensive zone. He's been a little bit more physical. You've seen the total package of what Ivan Barbashev can be for you. Um, so it's no real surprise surprise to me that Barbashev's game is coming along, Nick Waugh's game is coming along, and you saw a resurgence and, and kind of a mini streak there for Jonathan Marcheseau. And with Nick Waugh and Chandler Stevenson as your top two centermen, and there's there's more drop-off than we normally see with ice time and responsibilities between your top nine and your fourth line right now. That's just a reality, uh, the way their lineup is right now. Uh, Nick Waugh and the chemistry that he has developed uh, with Barbershev and with Jonathan Marcheseau has been impressive. And Sometimes you work into it. Sometimes it clicks. Uh, this is one of those uh, combinations that I never expected to see mm-hmm. this year. Uh, I don't know how much time the coaching staff has pondered that possibility, but it's it's been effective. And I think a lot of that comes from Nick Waugh's ability to manage the puck. Uh, it, he was 10-1 and one in faceoffs the other night, which was uh, just mind boy, one of the best games of his career uh, against the New Jersey Devils. I know they didn't end up winning that game, but uh, but he's been able to put a streak together and uh, and working with Barbashev, and uh, he's gone to the net a little bit more. Uh, Marcheseau has been in one of those streaks. I know goal-scoring streak uh, snapped uh, last night, but he's got a point streak uh, that's, that's on the way, and uh, this is a balanced team. They're not used to having to lean on the same guys every night. Mm-hmm. Uh, they usually go with the four-line rotation but that those top two units uh, and and those are the pivots uh, in Stevenson and Waugh have have really set the tone uh, for Vegas and uh, watching Stevenson get going at the perfect time uh, Nick Waugh relied on more asked to do more mm-hmm. he didn't have to just tread water he had to elevate his production and he's been able to do that. And uh, you think about these times now, and then you get into a playoff series, and things might happen. Is it a look that in a second-round set and you're down in a game, does Bruce Cassidy go to this look to, to change it up? That That's the kind of opportunity that Nick Waugh has created for himself by way of his performance lately. Yeah, it's certainly, uh, you know, for, for Nick, I think it's a great opportunity and and it's one that, you know, we've seen Nick in the top six for the golden Knights here and there, and it's usually been on the wing, but this is his first real opportunity for any stretch run where he gets to play down the middle. And I think, you know, we've always argued that Nick Waugh looks his best when he's playing down the middle. He, He just seems more comfortable in that spot. And, you know, if you're finding this type of chemistry with Barbashev and with Marcheseau, it does open up other avenues that Bruce Cassidy could use or exploit over the course of the, the remainder of the season or even into the playoffs. And, you know, it's a different type of game, obviously, right? Like we know how good Jack is in transition and through the neutral zone. And Nick and, and Ivan and, and Jonathan, a lot of what they're doing is below the goal line, you work on the forecheck. It just gives you a different type of look, a different type of feel, and it's producing goals right now for the Golden Knights, and it's really allowed Nick Waugh to kind of step into a, a 
more elevated role and succeed as a top six forward right now. Best stretch of his career. Is he going to score 20? We're witnessing it right now. Well, if he stays like he is right now, mm-hmm. and he's, he's not going to be a second-line center uh, the rest of the year, but if, he, if he's right where he is from a production standpoint, then there's, there's no question he scores 20 goals. That's going to be really hard to do. Uh, he's got 30 games, 32 games left uh, this season. Yep. And he, he's in an elevated role right now, uh, seeing more responsibility and being able to capitalize on that. Uh, I, I like his confidence. Can he push it? Can he, can he make it uh, into the, to the point where you can uh, chase that, that elusive goal? Then, then why not, right? Mm-hmm. But it's still going to be, it's going to be a challenge. I, I would have said three weeks ago, no, he's, he's, he doesn't have enough momentum to get there. Mm-hmm. But right now, he, he's pointed in the right direction, and I'm excited about it. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it really kind of depends on how long he's going to have this this run, right? Like, how much of a stretch are we looking at with Nick Waugh alongside? Ivan Barbashev and, and John of the Marshes. So, and, and right now it feels, at, at least for a little while anyway, that it's going to be uh, this line together and intact. And, you know, as long as you're getting production, as long as you're kind of pushing in that right direction and you're you're kind of able to fill in goals here and there from players, like like you got from Sheldon Rempel last night, like you got from Brendan Brisson at home against the Penguins, then it gives you opportunities to win. He's halfway there. He's got less than half games remaining. Mm-hmm. So there he's swimming upstream right now. He's against he's against he, the current. 11 uh, goals in 32 point. games, right? But what's that? 11 goals in 32 games. Yeah. So he's 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 there in in the sense of he's he doesn't have as much runway as you would like mm-hmm. left uh, with his hot streak. But you bang in another couple in in the next few mm-hmm. well it, it becomes a, a whole lot simpler the the what i liked uh, is that his wingers have been really good really good yeah with him and it, it's it's one thing if if you're producing that that's awesome but that whole line has been dominant since it's been together and and really uh, been able to uh, set the pace yeah they really have they they've been um they've been an anchor for this golden knights team along with Chandler Stevenson and Mark Stone and Pavel Dorofiev, who's had his moments certainly uh, over the last stretch. And, and it, as long as you're getting those two lines pushing in that direction, being drivers for you, it, it gives you an opportunity. And I think that's what the Golden Knights need to rely upon. It's not typical for this team. Usually you you can rely on all four of your lines, but right now you need your best players to be your best players, and that's what's happening. What do you have, uh, Nick Wasta? I've got him at nine goals. Yeah, nine goals, okay. 20 goals. Uh so we're we're right there uh, with the uh, with the possibility. It's just get it going, and he's he's had these runs before, never like this. So he's in in new ground like this, never playing this high up in the lineup, never playing center on the on the second line, never playing with a Marcheseau. So it's it's really coming together, and uh, offers great contributions now, and also possibilities at crunch time when it really matters in the Stanley Cup playoffs. 
It's a VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Uh, hour number two is coming up. We'll set it up for you as we talk about the Golden Knights halfway through this road trip with three or four points uh, going into the All-Star break this weekend.